Hey guys, welcome back to the Blue Line Breakdown. I'm your co-host Jace. I'm here as always with Alex and Harrison, and we're back for episode three. And we got a bit of a different uh, show today. We're going to cover, obviously, some big games from the past week in the NHL. We're going to preview some big games for the upcoming week, but we're going to do that a little quicker than normal. Um, There's not really too many huge ones, in our opinion, coming up. Then, of course, we'll do the Blue Line Pick'em, review our picks from last week, make our picks for this week. Uh, Discuss a few uh, new segments this past week. Obviously, no trades, but there was a few things going on around the league that we like to discuss. And then uh, we have a new segment. Uh, We'll finish it off. We will all give, in our opinion, what we believe to be the top 10 players in the league this season. And we'll have a little debate amongst ourselves about that. Uh, That should be pretty interesting to see uh, see how that goes down. So, yeah, uh, let's just get right into it. So uh, the first game that we have to review from this past week uh, happened Thursday, March 9th. Um, it was crazy game. It was the Stars visited the Sabres, and the Stars ended up winning that one 10-4. to uh, They put up a 10-piece. I believe that was the first 10-goal uh, game of the season this year. Correct me if I'm wrong. But, yeah, it was just complete domination from the stars. Eric, they Buffalo led in or kept Eric Comrie in the net for all 10 goals, which, uh, yeah, that, that's a rough night for him. I bet uh, after a couple, he just wished that they would have pulled him, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's gotta be rough for him. Um, but on the star side, just, they just clicking that night, three point nights from Jamie Ben, Jason Robertson and Mason Marchment. That's, uh, I guess you could call point night for the Dallas Stars that night. They were feeling pretty good after that one. Um, do you guys want to say anything else about that game? That was pretty crazy. I had no idea they kept Comrie in for all 10. I genuinely had no idea. I didn't really look Poor much guy. into it, but that's, that's, that sucks. I feel bad for him. Poor guy. How many shots think... did Dallas have? 50? Just under 50? I think um, they got over 50. I think. I can just double check here real quick. There's a March 9. They had 49 shots. Yeah. Wow. So, crazy. not a good save percentage night. Obviously, if you no. let in 10 goals, but. Buffalo's definitely known for either giving up a lot of goals or putting up a lot of goals. So, that's true. Yeah. It's rough. Comrie's been solid this season, too. So. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit of a shocker, but I guess they really wanted Anderson to rest. You can see him being a guy if they get into playoffs. Yeah. I don't know. Yep. Okay. I mean, uh, oh, you got more thoughts there, Jace? Oh, uh, I was just going to quickly say like a 10 4 loss is rough, but on the stat or on the standings wise, it's the same as a 3 2 loss. So just get the blow it out of the way and then move yeah. on, I guess, if you're the Sabres. That's true. All right, let's uh, move on here. So Saturday, March 11th, we had the Oilers visiting the Leafs Saturday night in Toronto. First time McDavid's done it with fans in the building. And the Leafs prevailed with a 7-4 W. And the Oilers' young guns really costed them that game. There was the McLeod turnover. Dayarnay wasn't great. Uh, Marner feasted. He had a four-point night and the beautiful goal on the uh, – the costly turnover from a cloud. So what do you guys think? 
um, yeah, I, I watched that game and I felt pretty good. The Oilers went up 3-1 at one point and then, yeah, they just kept making just simple defensive mistakes that, uh, that they sh- shouldn't have been making. And the, the Leafs are a high offensive team. They'll make you pay with those ones. And they did there. They scored three goals in very short amount of time, I believe like under five minutes. And then they took the lead four three and the Oilers just couldn't bounce back after that. They, then they scored to make it six, three, the Oilers got one more and then they just popped the empty netter. So yeah. yeah. Good night. If you're a Leafs fan and if you're an Oilers fan, that's uh tough to watch, but you, that's going to happen when you got young guys on your team. They're not going to be perfect every night. Good night. If you're an echo fan too, put up his first goal as an Oilers. So that was, Love to see that. That was his first goal, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was a bomb, too. Yeah. That was really shot. nice. But just like we early. talked about – sorry. Just like we talked about with the Stars-Sabres game, that's kind of one of those games for the Oilers as well where it's just a blowout and you move on, you learn mistakes, and hopefully the Oilers can keep, keep trucking going into the end of the season here. For sure. Yeah, I totally agree. They're uh... – Shake that one off and keep keep rolling. Shall we get to the next one? Take it away. Yeah. Uh, all right. So on Sunday, March 12th, we had the Hurricanes visiting the Devils, which resulted in a Devils 3-0 win as Hurricanes had a back-to-back, unfortunately, which they were shut out in back-to-back games. And they're starting to slip away from the lead in the Metro, which is – tough but good for uh good for the devils what do you guys think that's scary if you are a hurricanes fan i would be very scared especially with the news we'll get into later this episode um it is a scary scary time to be a hurricanes fan but you can also be very optimistic with the news we will discuss later because pooley rv could jump up into an extended top six role so we'll see what uh the ex-oiler can do coming off that talk jace you got any thoughts um yeah just uh rough if you're a fan of the hurricanes it's always sucks getting shut out especially back-to-back nights and vegas is a good team devils are a good team and man that was a huge game and now uh as we record this the devils are only one point back of the Hurricanes for the lead. The Hurricanes do have a couple games in hand, but man, they would have liked to have that one to uh, extend their lead to first place and secure that uh, home ice advantage for most of the playoffs. But yeah, the Devils, they're not going away. They're, they just keep winning this year. They're like probably the surprise team of the year, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I don't really got much else for that one, but uh, yeah, it was solid game from the from the Devils overall and Hurricanes man their offense uh just went to sleep that weekend well said yeah and uh I guess that's going to bring us to our next game which happened Tuesday March 14th this was in Arizona the Flames paid a visit to the Coyotes this was a Coyotes 4-3 overtime win and uh, obviously the Flames, tough loss for them. They lose yet another game in overtime. And they're trying to get into the playoffs. They are they need every point that they can, and they lost a big one there to a team that they definitely should have beat. Um, 
It was actually they they lost again. They it's an NHL record. They lost their twentieth game of the season while they outshot an opponent by ten or more shots. And yeah, their playoffs hopes are are dwindling. Like they're not if they're getting shots, that means that they're not necessarily playing bad. Like the opportunities are are there. They just they just can't they just can't buy them and the uh, the opponent capitalizes on the opportunities that that, that they get. So uh, yeah, thoughts on that game? Uh yeah, it's definitely their they've got fourteen overtime losses this season, which is honestly unbelievable. They only have thirty one wins, and that's I that's not a playoff team in my eyes. I can't see them making the playoffs, and especially against the Coyotes, they can't expect to win at home or in the. Mold Arena where Coyotes are actually insane this year. So what do you think, Alex? Yeah, I don't know. As at the point that we're recording this, they are uh three points out of a wild card spot. So that'll be quite the battle for the Flames if they do get in. Um, which I personally don't think they will. Um, which is pretty shocking after the season that they had this year, but obviously they had the overhaul with Huberto and uh Uyghur as well as Kadri coming in and losing Kachuk and Gaudreau that was that's a tough loss um some could have predicted this coming um I don't know shall we uh move on or you guys have any more comments um you said it all yeah I think we're good to keep going all right let's go okay so Wednesday March 15th we have the wild Visiting the Blues, it was a wild 8-5-W. It was a high-scoring physical game by both sides. We almost got gifted a Bennington and Flurry fight, but of course the refs, they get in a little too quick and rob us of yet another goalie fight this year. Nonetheless, just a fight in general. And I guess the main story of the game was the Bennington meltdown once again which is, it seems to be like a monthly occurrence at this point. What do you guys think? Um, yeah, that uh, that game was crazy. Like, not only was it super high scoring, like you said, an 8-5 game, but that, uh, that near goalie fight, like, everyone would have loved to see that. And, yeah, Bennington, he's got some sort of, he has such a short fuse, like, just one thing sets him off and, I feel like if they if they would have let him them fight, then he kind of would have toned back a little bit. But he he has all that pent up aggression, like that they didn't let him, like, like just punch flurry for a little bit and just kind of vent it all out. But yeah, there's something's up with 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 Bennington. He definitely is not the uh, not a not a guy with a lot of patience. And, uh, yeah, I guess letting in eight goals will do that to you as well. Uh, Harrison, you got anything to say? Yeah, I, I honestly missed 2019 Bennington. What was his quote that he said after that? Oh, I can't remember that quote. I think you guys do I look nervous. About. Yeah, that one. That's where, like, the confidence started, but now it's just getting it's getting rough. But also with the refs, like, why do they always, always step in when it's goalies fighting, but never when it's just players? Like, it's, I don't get it. Ruining the fun. Everyone wants to see that. I don't that. get it. Especially in, like, Bennington's case, like how Jay said, he has so much built-up anger. You just kind of let it – if you let him go, 
with flurry for instance then you just kind of let it all out and you hopefully won't see as many meltdowns like we have seen this season yeah and maybe it'll tone it about back a little bit but the refs step in again so i don't know maybe that's a message that needs to be sent out throughout the league i don't know shall we uh move on though sure um, yeah All right, so I guess that does it for reviewing the big games from this past week, but now we're going to preview the big, game, big games for the upcoming week. And we're kicking it off with this coming Friday. We got the Blue Jackets at the Ducks, which is the Bedard Bowl, especially for the Blue Jackets. If they lose this game, they're much farther ahead for that, uh, that last spot. What do you guys think? Um, yeah, that's... <laughs> It's not a game that I think a lot of people will tune into. It doesn't really have too many giant implications. The only implication is who's going to stay lower in the standings for the uh, to get better odds at the draft lottery. But I will say that obviously the uh, the Sharks have already been eliminated from playoff contention, and I believe the Blue Jackets that are playing L.A. and if they lose in any fashion, then they will also be eliminated from playoff contention. So we're starting to see, see teams already drop out and Ducks probably won't be far behind. And yeah, between these two teams, I just, I don't want to see Bedard on the Ducks because having him with Zegris and Drysdale and McTavish and Zellweger, that would just be disgusting. And they're in the Oilers division, my favorite team. So prefer him to go to the Blue Jackets between those two teams, but uh you got anything to say, Alex? No, you pretty much capped it up pretty well there. Um, I was just going to ask, actually, which team would you guys rather Bedard go to, the Jackets or the Ducks? But you guys pretty much answered that. And I think I agree with you purely from an Oilers fan perspective. But yeah, we're going uh, Bedard's career. It would be better for him to go to the Ducks, in my opinion. That'd be sure. gross with McTavish and Zegris on a line. That'd be really scary. A couple of years down the line. Yeah, that would. Uh, they would be set up for the future. That's for sure. If that happened. But uh, yeah, uh, the next game that we're going to preview. Um, this is Saturday night game, March eighteenth. It's a battle of Ontario Leafs are visiting the Senators. Obviously, the Leafs are basically already in the playoffs. The Sens probably won't make it. They're kind of. Their hopes are, are dwindling, but always like still Battle of Ontario is always a fun matchup. Um, both teams don't like each other and you got it's in Ottawa. So but you'll get probably more Leaf fans there, I would presume, than Sens fans are at least equal amount in that building. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure the chance will be going back and forth and the fans will be super rowdy in that one. So uh, you guys got anything to say about uh, the Battle of Ontario happening this Saturday? Yeah, I was just going to mention that Leafs fans always love to take over other Canadian teams' buildings and the Habs. But, yeah, they it's usually a half-and-half half game whenever it's Leafs or Habs playing in another Canadian city. So, yeah. Makes it fun. Makes it a little more fun to go to those games, at least. That's what I would say. But, yeah, um, it looks like, like Ottawa's playoff hopes are done. As we're recording this, they are eight points out of the playoff spot so that was tough that western road trip really killed them i believe they went 
one and three, I think. So that's tough. That's really Thanks. tough. Anyways, um, shall we move on here? Let's uh, let's go. So we got Saturday, March eighteenth. We have the Blackhawks visiting the Coyotes. Another central basement battle, uh, one for Bedard, if you would. Um, not a whole lot going on there. I will certainly not be tuning into this game. Uh, what do you guys? <laughs> I also will not be tuning in, but I know as a fact the Coyotes will win this game because they are at home, and they'll probably win in overtime because they always seem to win in overtime. Guess we'll see. They are nasty at Mole Arena. That'd they be such are. a cool arena to visit. Seats are kind of pricey for some reason. It'd be fun I to mean, watch there's them. only 5,000 of them. That's true. <laughs> yeah, well, um, yeah, there's not really too many super, like, um, super, like, uh, high-stakes games this upcoming week, but so we picked Two of the games, obviously, with with worst teams, but we want to kind of highlight all the teams instead of just picking all oh, playoff teams or wild card teams. Just never like ignoring the bottom teams. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Blackhawks, Coyotes. Like you said, I don't think many many fans will be tuning in if they're not a fan of either team. But uh, yeah, it's another kind of Bedard bowl there. Um, and I'll ask the same question. I guess that Alex is going to ask the other one. Who would you rather see? Uh, Bedard go to between those two teams if they uh, he went to one of them. Blackhawks. Really? Yeah. I was gonna say the Coyotes, man. I, I just don't know. I'd love to. I don't know. The Blackhawks need a new star, even though I don't like them. They just I can't see an original six team being this bad for that long. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they deserve it after everything that's gone on. No, I'm kidding. That's but... actually. <laughs> Um, that's a good point. I don't know. I feel like Arizona needs a star, so maybe their time has come. Um, I don't know. Yeah, when is our last yeah. true like all star that Arizona Keller? Had? He's at, Keller is actually pretty sick to watch. Um, I I don't watch a lot of Coyotes hockey, but he's actually pretty slick with it. He's had a few overtime goals this year, like you mentioned. Yeah. So. I don't know. Shall we uh, move on here? Do you guys have any more thoughts? Um, I think we're good. No. All right. Take All right. Away. Our next one we got on Sunday, March 19th. We got the Devils visiting the Lightning, which is two East powerhouses, both fighting. Well, Devils fighting for the lead in the Metro, and Tampa's really just fighting for home ice advantage against Toronto because there's not really pretty much set in stone there for that matchup, but what do you guys think? Yeah, I don't know. Um, the Devils obviously hoping to continue their recent success and uh, hopefully lock up that Metro top spot, get home ice advantage. And Toronto, or sorry, not Toronto, Tampa is looking to do the exact same thing. Uh, they are one point behind um, Toronto right now. Uh, battling a few injuries, but that'll be a good game to uh, tune into if you're a hockey fan. So, Jace, do you got any thoughts? Um, no, it's just uh, yeah, two teams that are looking to overtake the team ahead of them. Tampa one back, one point back in Toronto, Jersey one point back of Carolina as we're recording this. So, um, yeah, they're both looking for. Obviously, Jersey's likely going to get home ice advantage 
no matter what, because they're the two right now. But I'm sure Tampa would love to overtake Toronto and get that home ice against them, especially since that series is obviously going to go seven. And I'm sure Tampa would love to beat Toronto in seven at home because Toronto always always loses in seven. So it's always fun to watch Toronto lose. Greatest thing sorry, is sports. One thing you can yeah, and I'm sorry, Leafs fans, if you're listening, but until you guys win around, we will always, always take the Leafs to lose in seven. Yeah. Until they win around. Remember how loud the cheering was in the uh, Moss Pit in the playoffs oh, in the summer when Toronto lost Game Seven? That was so awesome. Yeah, that was the... right before LA Edmonton Game Seven, right? Yes, it was. That was a glorious Great night. That was glorious. <laughs> Yeah, we're not too fond of the Leafs, if you uh, if you uh, couldn't tell. But uh, yeah, I think all. that's gonna bring us to the next one. We got one more game to quickly preview. This is on Tuesday on the twenty first. It's the uh, Predators visiting the Sabers. Um, kind of a different one here. It's um, two teams from different conferences, but uh, they're both right now. They're both fighting for playoffs, and they're on the outside looking in. Uh, Nashville's been heating up recently. They're only four points back of a playoff spot as we uh, record this, but they have three games in hand on Winnipeg. And Buffalo is eight point, or sorry, six points back the playoff spot, but they also have three games in hand on the Islanders. So they both, their hopes aren't dead. They can still sneak in. So uh, what do you guys think about this one? Obviously, Harrison, you're the Preds fan. So uh, yeah, yeah, Preds know. are they're rolling right now. They're they're heating up for sure, and I. I, as like a couple months ago, I honestly didn't think they'd sneak in as the gap was pretty wide, but now they're definitely closing in. The Jets are struggling. The Preds are heating up. They found some guys that just do things that I guess Nina Ryder and Granlin couldn't, like Tommy Novak, Kiefer Sherwood. Where do these guys come from? And they're just, what? I like it. I love it. It's like they're That's cool. True. <laughs> On the other side of it, um, Buffalo is kind of in the same position as. Ottawa, they are losing points fast and especially losing games 10-4. That's not a recipe for success, especially in the Eastern Conference this year. So I think that pretty much wraps it up. Should we uh, get on to the segment of the day? The the blue line pick them. I think we can, we'll review our picks from last week a little quicker than we did um, the week before. Um, Yeah, not really too much to say like did they score did they not but then when we get into our picks for this upcoming week we'll kind of delve into that a little bit more so Alex you want to go over your picks from uh this past week yes I do okay uh I'll just rip through them quick so my Thursday pick last week was Zach Hyman at the Bruins he did not score the Foley uh against the Ducks he did not score Unfortunately, this one made me the saddest. Alex Belzil versus the Devils did not score. He was on a three-game heater coming in, but couldn't bury one. Um, and then we had Colton Pareko against the Golden Knights. He did not score. The only one of the week that I got right was Arturi Lekkonen making his return to the Bell Center in Montreal. He did score. And Quote me if I'm wrong, but I think it was an empty netter, so I just hardly got that one. But um, yeah, he actually scored the he scored two that game. He got the first goal of the game, but then he he got hurt later in that game. Yes, he did. Yeah, we'll cover that later too. Um, 
But then I had Jacob Trickerin at the Oilers this past Tuesday. He did not score. Uh, I think he got injured as well that game. He he had to leave the game for a little bit. And my last pick of the of the week was Anders Lee at the Ducks, and he did not score as well. So a pretty rough week overall. I still got that one. So at least I'm kind of consistent with it. You will, <laughs> but uh, Harrison, give her away. Uh, yeah, I had a. I can't lie. I had a pretty tough week too. I had Duchesne scoring nothing. Troy Terry scoring nothing. Bo Horvath scoring nothing. Josh Morrissey scoring is my one of my defensemen. Nothing. Finally, Willie Nylander has the freaking great season that he's having. He puts one in the back of the net against Buffalo. And then that's all I had. And I had Shea Theodore, nothing. And Nachuskin, nothing. So it was a pretty rough week for me. What about you, Jace? Yeah, mine was slightly better, but still not amazing. Uh, first night, I had Adam Fox as my first defenseman against Montreal. He didn't score. Kachuk against Chicago. He got three assists that game and scored the next game, but he didn't score that game. Uh, Makar <laughs> against Arizona. He ended up scoring the overtime winner, so I got pretty lucky with that one. Um, then I had Joel Erickson-Eck also against Arizona. He did not score. Then I had Jamie Benn in Seattle, and he did score. Jamie <laughs> freaking Benn, let's go. And then uh, Kevin Hayes against Vegas, he didn't. And then Mitch Marner versus Colorado, he didn't. There's only two goals that game, one from each team, because then it went to a, a shootout. So I got two right. I ended up winning that week, but only got two right, just like Harrison got two right last week and ended up winning. So the total, the scoreboard, I guess, if you want to call it for the blue line pick them, is I have a win, Harrison has a win. And Alex, not yet, but he kind of got screwed last week with the the Kotkaniemi <laughs> shootout winner and the new G. Yeah. But... It'll come. It'll come eventually. Yeah, one one funny thing, too, is that Lekkonen, Nylander, and Ben all scored on the same night, which is pretty funny, I thought. That, is that pretty all our points came on the same night. Yeah, that was – like, what are the odds of that? Yeah. Sweet. Anyways, Shall we um, get into uh, – sorry, should we get into uh, week three here? Yeah, uh, go for it. Okay, so let's just do it by day, right? Um, yeah. So this Thursday, I have Chandler Stevenson against the Flames. He is kind of rolling this year. Uh, he's not putting up bad numbers for the uh, Golden Knights this season. Definitely a key part of their core now. So I have him going up against the Flames. Harrison, what about you? I've got... Some people say I look like this guy, but I've got Braden Point scoring tonight against New Jersey. He's got four goals in his last five. He's Tampa's leading scorer, and which is by a lot actually, which is not Kucherov's second with twenty-seven. So I think he'll he'll put one in the back of the net tonight. What about you, Jace? Tonight I had, or I have, I guess, uh, Adrian Kempe scoring against Columbus. Um, He's been scoring a lot recently. I think he's passed 30 goals on the year for them. So, um, yeah, hopefully he can get one for me tonight. And uh, back to you, Alex, for Friday. Cool. Yeah, Friday, March 17th, I have Jacob Vrana making his return 
uh, to Washington. I have him scoring against the Capitals. Uh, he is now a member of the Blues. He got traded earlier this season from uh, Detroit after what seemed like uh, just a crazy season and all he went on to the NHL assistance players assistance program and uh, he came back and he's been lighting it up with the blues honestly so I have him scoring against Washington nice I like that pretty good pick my pick Thanks, is <laughs> I'm kidding oh, okay. uh, but yeah for Friday night I've got Alex Tuck in Philadelphia to tuck one in the back of the net if you could say that <laughs> okay Gene okay <laughs> He's also got four goals in his last five, and he's second on Buffalo and scoring right behind well, Gabe Thompson. Yeah. Tomorrow night. What about you, Chase? I also went to that game, and I also went with a Buffalo Sabre, but I went a defenseman. Picked Rasmus Dahlin to score against Philly. He's, I think he's the third highest scoring defenseman this season, and he has like, like 13 or 14 goals on the year, so not too bad from the back end, so yeah, um, crossing my fingers, you can get one um, tomorrow night against Philly. All right, so moving on, I have Domi scoring at the Flames, the newly acquired uh, Dallas Star, who has been lighting it up uh, this past week, not going to lie. Uh, I think going into the game tonight, he had three points in six games, one goal and two assists, and the beautiful feed over to Iskinen in um, overtime the one night. So maybe he'll score against the Flames and I'll win it this week. We'll see. Harrison? For mine, I've got – we were just talking about this guy and this team. I've got Clayton Keller scoring against Chicago at home. He's got six goals in his last five games and four goals in his last two games. So he's, he's lighting it up. And, uh, yeah, Arizona is obviously really good at home. So I think it should be a gimme right there. Should be That's a good pick. Yeah, yeah he's, got, uh, he's scoring a lot this year. So you could definitely see him scoring that night. And my pick for that Saturday night, it's uh, the Rocket Richard winner from last year, Austin Matthews against Ottawa. Um, obviously, he's having a bit of a down year, only 31 goals. Like, still, 30, 31 goals is really good. But for Matthews, it's not up to his standards. But he always shows up big, it seems, against Ottawa. So uh, just cross my fingers that uh, he can get one that night for me. I like it. Sweet. All right, so now I have Kuzmenko scoring in Anaheim against the Ducks. Kuzmenko... Uh, this is his first year in the uh, NHL this year. He has 60 points on the season. He's played 65 games. Uh, I would say that's pretty good for just coming over from Russia and kind of lighting it up and finding chemistry with some of the top players in Vancouver. Um, so he's my pick that night. Yeah, he's He seems like he scores like every night for the Canucks. Like every time I check their mm -hmm. scores, it's like Kuzmenko, Kuzmenko yeah. scored. 33 goals on the season. Pretty good. I mean, he I got another good, one tonight, too. Yeah. Solid. All right. Moving on to mine. I was talking about this guy earlier, too. I've got Tommy Novak for the Preds scoring in New York. 
who's got four goals in his last five games. Where the where did this guy come from? <laughs> uh, but yeah, obviously Nashville's they're rolling right now, and the Rangers are have been struggling recently. So Tommy Novak will put one on the board. Yeah, you never know. I mean, he's like came out of nowhere and he's lighting it up. So that's a pretty good pick from you. Love it. And uh, yeah, my pick for that Sunday night, I'm going to go to Tampa. Not going to go one of their superstars, but uh, I'll go with Brandon Hagel against New Jersey. He's got 24 goals on the year. So pretty solid for him. Um, yeah, playing with uh, all those stars over there, probably helping his points a little bit, but he's also having just a great year himself. So, yeah. Um, he's definitely, he's been playing he great. He might hit 30, he got six six more goals from 30. So, um, yeah, he'll just hopefully he can score that night. And uh, back to you, Alex, for the Monday pick. Sweet. So, Monday night, I have uh, Claude Giroux making his return to, well, I guess it's not really the Battle of Pennsylvania anymore, but he's going into Pittsburgh. With the Sens, he has 66 points on the season, 28 goals, and he's chasing his 1,000th point of his NHL career, hopefully this season. So I have him scoring on Monday night. Good pick. Uh, moving on, I've got my first defenseman, Brandon Montour at Detroit, who as a D-man has scored two in his last five, which is pretty good. And obviously against the Detroit team that has been trying to push for a playoff spot, but they've been struggling a little bit, but I can see it happening. I can see it. Yeah, I've, I've Montour on one of my fantasy teams. He has 12 goals and 55 points on the year. Yeah. Like <laughs> he was all, he was always like a second pairing, maybe even third pairing guy. And then this season, he's just having like a crazy good year. Mm-hmm. Pretty absurd. But, uh, yeah, my mm -hmm. pick that night, I also went back to a defenseman. Um, <laughs> probably one of the most overrated and overpaid defensemen in the league. No. With, uh, Seth Jones playing in Colorado. <laughs> he, uh, I thought you were going to say Darnell Nurse. <laughs> no, I mean, Nurse is overpaid. But <laughs> I think Seth Jones is more overpaid. He gets paid more, and he's yeah, arguably just the, the same, if not worse, than Nurse. Uh, but he does have mm -hmm. 10 goals this year, which is pretty decent. So, yeah, hopefully – or who knows? Maybe he gets one that night. Um, yeah, let's go Seth Jones. Cool. I like it. All right. So, Tuesday night I have Mike Matheson playing the Lightning. Um, Mike Matheson, he was acquired at the beginning of the year um, from Pittsburgh to Montreal in exchange for Jeff Petrie and a couple other assets. And he has been an absolute stud for the Habs this season. He has seven goals and he's been scoring lots in his last couple games. So I expect one to, I, sorry, I expect him to pot one for me that night. So uh, I could finally win this week. We'll see. We'll see. Those defensemen are just kind of wild cards. You never know with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for mine, I've got arguably the greatest Ovi scoring against Columbus. He's got 37 on the year, which leads the team, obviously. But, yeah, he likes scoring at home, especially against the worst team in the league. So, 
I'm probably getting too overconfident for this, but we'll see what happens. I trust Ovi. Yeah, it's probably probably the closest pick to a lock that you have, I would say, yeah. out of all your picks. Mm-hmm. Um, my night that night, I also went with a capital. I didn't even realize how many of the same teams we picked <laughs> this week. I picked mine without even really looking at yours, and then we just picked the same on the same teams. But I went also capital. I went TJ Oshie. Um, he only has 18 goals on the year, but he has three in his last six. So he's kind of heating up with the goal scoring a little bit. And yeah, Columbus obviously isn't very good, so maybe you can get one that night um, for me for the pick'em, and then uh, close it off for Wednesday, Alex. Last day for the pick'em. Okay, so we heard your thoughts earlier on this pick, uh, Harrison, but I have Nurse playing against the Coyotes, so no. he only has seven goals on the year. Yeah, yeah, you heard that right. Uh, he has seven goals on the year, and he had the beauty in Boston. Uh, to win the game a little while ago. So I'm praying for a Darnell Nurse goal. (laughs) (laughs) You never know. Funny enough, I've got same game, also a defenseman. I've got Evan Bouchard scoring with pretty much the same reasoning against Arizona. And Arizona is not at home. So if if it's any game to score, it'll it'll be that game for sure. Yeah, Bouchard on the power play one now. He's definitely, definitely his odds of scoring have gone up. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I also went an Oiler in that game. We all went Oilers, but to be fair, there's only two games on that night. There's Arizona and Edmonton, and Pittsburgh in Colorado. So, and we're all we all really like the Oilers. So, I guess a little biased, but like, what are you gonna do? It's it's the last game of the week, and we all we'd never we none of us picked premier goal scorers. I picked Nick Bukestad um, playing his first game against his former team in uh, Arizona. So um, yeah, maybe maybe the the story comes true and uh, he gets one his first game against his former team. I originally had picked McDavid, but I was like, eh, he's like Rocket Richard. He's going to win it. 50 some goals, like 56 goals in the year. Like that would almost be too much of a cheat. Of a cheat. So I... <laughs> Changed it to Duke's dad for the just kind of the storyline. And yeah, so those are our picks for the pick'em for this week. And uh, good luck to you both. And we'll come back next week and see who ended up winning. I'm taking it this week. But uh, let's uh, let's talk some news around the league, I think. Um, the first really big news, I think, is Svechnikov is out with an ACL tear. Uh, this is obviously a massive loss for the Carolina Hurricanes. He will miss the remainder of the regular season and playoffs. He has been lighting it up this season for Carolina. Um, he has 23 goals, 32 assists for 55 points, and he, he will be greatly missed on that top line with Ajo, which is why I mentioned earlier that Fully Garvey is going to get that um jump up and play with Ajo, hopefully have some chemistry from the 2016 World Juniors, but I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Yeah, that's that's huge. I think that's pretty big for Carolina. Because who is going to do the Michigan moves now? Who? How are they going to score? <laughs> <laughs> Their biggest concern, yeah. Facts. 
What do you think, Chase? Um, yeah, you guys basically said it. Nothing else really to say other than that's a really big loss, and hopefully he's we wish him a speedy recovery, and hopefully he comes back next year back to his old self. But, uh, yeah, uh, Carolina's going to have to find a way to uh, make a playoff run without one of their best players. So we've seen teams do it before, but uh, can Carolina do it this year? I guess we'll see. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right, moving on, we got uh, – we are talking about this one earlier, actually. Bennington hooked up with a two-game suspension for punching Hartman after he scored on him. So that was definitely a bonehead move, move from him. But, yeah, it's kind of the story of Bennington nowadays. But what do you guys think? I don't think um, it, it's not too impactful just because the Blues are obviously not in a playoff race. But um, like you said, Harrison, I, that's a total bonehead move, honestly. Yeah. Going after Hartman, especially because in the video, Bennington kind of swings out and Hartman was just on his way. I'd say that's more Bennington's fault than than anything. And he still came after him. So, I mean, good on Flurry for going all the way down the, the ice. That was pretty cool. I wish we had a goalie fight. Oh, I know. Damn. That'd be Flurry's so first one, to... too. Yeah, since he played in the queue. He wants one, too. He's always talking about it. He needs one. Yeah. Over He's pretty hyped up this talking about it. Yeah. Jace, you got any thoughts? Um. Yeah, you guys basically summed it up. But uh, my only question is: is is a two-game suspension really gonna really gonna make him stop losing his losing his head every time something like that happens? Probably I don't not. Think so. I think uh, uh, going back to what we were talking about earlier, like I think you just gotta let him fight it out at least once, and just hopefully something changes from this. I think if he comes back and he's even more fiery, then he'll. They'll let them. They'll let them fight, but I don't know. I don't know what the league's doing, honestly. Yeah, that's uh, definitely crazy. Seeing a goalie lose his head like that. It's modern day, like Ron yeah. Hextall or Billy Smith or something. But uh, honestly, we'll get into the next story here. This is actually a bit of a different story. So the Oilers um, defenseman Slater Cuckoo. Um, he was on the team a couple years ago, um, kind of a third pairing, seventh D man. He was serviceable for Edmonton. Um, I didn't mind him on the team, but, uh, he released a statement, uh, yesterday actually about why he hasn't been with the team and why he stepped away. And I'll just, I'll read his exact comments and then we'll discuss it a little bit after that, but it has to do with, uh, obviously, mental health and uh so yeah i'll just start started from exactly what he said so he said i left the game just over a year ago and thought i would share a little bit of my story throughout the next while in case someone else is feeling shame towards their anxiety you are not alone i left the game because my life inside of it had gotten to a place that was unbearable and unhealthy towards my mental health i would say i played a majority of my professional games without the ability to eat much if anything the night before and the day of the games. Hockey night in Canada on a completely empty stomach? Let's do this, I guess. Anxiety shows up in all shapes and forms. One of the ways mine did was the inability to eat. I would get comments from my teammates saying, hey, Kooks, you know the meals are free. 
due to my weight dwindling without them knowing the pain I was going through. I would hear from GMs and coaches that I need to put on weight if I was to battle in the corners with the elite of the league, not to mention the energy needed to complete these tasks as well. That just put on increased pressure. I would be asked to go for dinner with teammates on the road. Knowing I wouldn't be able to eat, I would isolate myself and usually walk the streets, settling to discreetly bring takeout to my hotel room so nobody would know if I ate or not. I kept this in as much as I could my entire career. My dad had a nervous tummy growing up. I thought that is all I had. But when being continuously scrutinized for my on-ice performance, it caused a downward spiral, a vicious cycle of needing to eat but physically being unable. Be kind to one another because you never know what someone might be going through and stop commenting on people's weight. It's friggin' weird. Slater Cuckoo. So, yeah, those were obviously his comments about why he stepped away. And uh, he obviously has a uh, mental health disorder and eating disorder. And, yeah, do you guys want to touch on that at all? Harrison, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. That's obviously mental health and disorders are like nothing to joke about. And I obviously have respect for him for taking time away. He takes all the time he need. I I liked him as an oiler. He was honestly just a solid D-man. And just I just hope he gets back to the place that he, where he feels healthy and that he can be happy again. I agree. We're all rooting for him. You never want Absolutely. to see that. That's That's really sad unfortunate but um shall we get on to the next piece of news i guess um before we do that i just want to say one quick thing about the slater cuckoo that uh like obviously listen to what he says like if you're listening to this episode and you're going through something um like no matter how hard it would be for you or how much pressure you're under like you can speak up to um to multiple individuals in your life and there is there is like a way to get help and i know slater cuckoo um he stepped away and i hope he's getting the help that he needs and he's able to fight through this and potentially come back and if not that's totally okay but uh yeah all the respect in the world for slater for speaking up and um putting a story out there and letting others know if they're going through a similar thing that uh, that uh, they're not alone and that um, they can do something about it. But yeah, kind of a little, um, I guess, more serious point in the news. But uh, yeah, um, normal transition. Um, Alex, do you want to get into the next point um, for the news for the week? Sure. So the Toronto Maple Leafs announced that Ryan O'Reilly will return before the playoffs. So obviously a huge ad coming back after he got injured, unfortunately, pretty, pretty quick into his uh, Leafs career. So I'm sure a lot of uh, Leafs nation is very happy about that. And he will be a valuable piece coming into playoff time. So do you guys have any thoughts? Yeah, that's definitely a huge piece that they need back for the playoffs. They just they need that against Tampa Bay, especially with their struggles always in the playoffs. They never went around. Want to make mm -hmm. fun of them. <laughs> I love making fun of the Leafs, but yeah, it's just they definitely need O'Reilly, especially for that splash of the trade deadline. What do you think, Jace? 
um, yeah, not uh, not too much to add on my part. Just yeah, it'll just be nice for the Leafs to uh, play a couple games with O'Reilly before the playoffs, so that they can uh, he can kind of get used to playing with the team, playing with the the line mates and stuff, because he barely got any time beforehand. So yeah, mm-hmm. like, kind of a sigh of relief for Leafs fans. But uh, we'll, that's really all to talk about there. I'll get into the next point, Harrison. Yeah, up next we got uh, news from Colorado. We got Lekkinen out four to six weeks, which is honestly a pretty big blow for that team as they've had they've been injury riddled all season. So, they've, but they keep on finding a way. What you what do you guys think? Yeah, you said it pretty well there. Uh, they've been they've been having a lot of injuries all season, and Lekkinen is another piece that they don't really need out for especially for four to six weeks um so he'll be back right about playoff time which i that's good if you're a colorado fan but how do you guys feel about colorado going into playoffs this year honestly i mean not as scary as last year to be honest but you never know what they could do what do you think chase yeah, based, yeah, kind of same as you. Like, I don't think they're as dangerous as last year, but it's still Colorado. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. they still have McKinnon, Ranton, and McCarr. They'll have Lekkinen back. Um, Evan Rodriguez having a great season. Uh, Devon Taves, obviously. Um, Georgiev's been playing amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, Landis Cog hasn't even been playing at all this season, and they're still near the top of the Central. So, um. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how far they go this year with all the uh, the man games they've lost to injury. But um, like, and then, yeah, his injury was a broken finger, but like they said, he'll be back hopefully for playoff time, so it's not season ending, but still a big loss for the uh, for the Abs. And I think that's kind of all we have to say about that one. And our last point for the news, this actually, it's it's a. Uh, kind of funny i think we discussed on the last podcast about um the van reams like not being traded and chuck fletcher with the flyers mm-hmm. and then i think the day that we posted the podcast he got fired and uh danny briere ended up taking over as interim gm for the uh, philadelphia flyers obviously he was a player he played there he went on that cup run with them in 2010 and uh yeah he, he takes over and uh i i don't see how he could be worse than um, Chuck Fletcher, honestly, what do you guys think? Yeah, I, had, I definitely loved watching him play in that. I remember watching that cup run, and he was definitely a key part for it, so I feel like he definitely knows the game of hockey and what he needs to bring to the Flyers as he's been there, and not with the team, but he played there for quite some time, so I feel like he knows the culture and the, the city well enough to actually deal with the Fans of Philadelphia, which are honestly crazy fans. <laughs> Craziest fans in all sports. But, yeah, what do you guys think? What do you think, Alex? I don't know. I just kind of wish him luck. That Flyers organization is kind of a mess. So, um, and I agree with your point, Jason. He cannot be worse than Chuck Fletcher, no. honestly. I mean, man used an app to value trades in the National Hockey League. That is <laughs> pretty absurd to think about. But, uh I think that's it for the news of the week. Do you guys have anything more to add, or shall we get into the new segment this week? I think we're ready. Oh, I'm good. Uh, good. Yeah. So our new segment's the top ten. We're doing this week. We're doing the top ten 
players, in our opinions, we all made different lists of this season who's the, the best 10 players. Um, I think we're just going to each say our own lists. Alex will say his, Harrison, and then me, and then we'll kind of discuss between um, between each other why we have players certain spots. So uh, do you want to take it away, Alex, with your your top 10? Start at number 10 and down to number one. Okay, let's do it. So for me, number 10 this season, uh, I have Elias Pettersson. He is putting up kind of insane numbers points-wise for the Canucks, even though we all know the Canucks are bottom feeders this season and potentially in the run for Bedard at this point still. He has 85 points on the season as we're recording this, and he's just kind of been like a silent beast over in Vancouver. Not a lot of media attention about him this season, but um, number nine, I have Mitch Marner. So Marner has – he's obviously – one of the top pieces of that core in Toronto, and he's just having another elite season. He has 86 points on the season at the point of recording this. And he was just a monster again this season, especially in the win over the Oilers, which we covered earlier. He he just showed why he's one of the top players in the league. So um, moving on to number eight, I have Cage Thompson. Uh, Thompson, kind of a breakout year last year. Uh, this season, he is absolutely lighting it up for Buffalo. He has 87 points right now. Um, he has been a goal-scoring machine with 42, so 45 assists. And, man, I, I love watching him play. Uh, he's such a treat uh, for Buffalo, and I'm glad that Buffalo has a player like that that we can talk about now. But number seven, I have Linus Allmark of Boston, who is lights out. Um, for the Bruins this season, just absolutely dominant behind an even better uh, core in Boston. So uh, number six, I have Nikita Kucherov, who has, he's been dominant for season after season now. He has 97 points at the time of recording this uh, on the season. So going to hit the 100-point mark again. And... You can't go wrong with Kucherov. So number five, this is where I think our lists are going to get a little, little juggled. I have Nylander. He is having a very underrated season. We covered him a few episodes ago, talking about how he was snubbed from the All-Star game. And he is just, he's proven that he can be that top four guy, uh, top four part of the core in Toronto. And he's been, miles better than even uh, Matthews this season. So um, going down to number four, I have David Pasternak, who has 90 points on the season. He's one of the top reasons that Boston is so good yet again this season. He is carrying the way. He has 46 goals on the season, so he's going to hit 50 by the end of the year. And just another scary piece of Boston, uh, which seems unstoppable in the playoffs. This They're going to come in the playoffs this year. Uh, so number three, I have Leon Dreisaitl, who is by his expectations kind of having a down year, if you will. At the point of recording this, he has 101 points, so still absolutely dominant. Um, not much else to say there, honestly, but my number two this season 
I have Eric Carlson, who is on pace to hopefully get over 100 points in a season. I couldn't even tell you the last time that happened by a defenseman. Uh, and he's playing on a bottom feeder team already eliminated from the playoffs, the San Jose Sharks. He has 20 goals, 65 assists, just a monster. Hopefully he gets dealt this offseason. Uh, I would love to see that trade. And then number one, indisputably, it's Connor McDavid. I mean, I think that's going to it's gonna be a given across all our top tens. So Harrison, you want to give us your list? I you know what I like that list. I like I like a lot of those picks, but mine is I've got quite a few of the same players, but I'll give you the rundown on mine right now. But I'll start off. I've got a couple honorable mentions that like just barely missed the cut. I've got so technically in eleventh, I've got Pedersen, and then I've got Kachuk and then Robertson rounding up the honorable mentions. But I'll get to the top ten. In my number ten spot, I have Willie Nylander. He's Arguably the best um, player on the Leafs this season, but I feel like where is he at in points right now? He's at 79, so he's having a, a great year. I honestly didn't expect him to be this good, but yeah, he takes up my 10 spot. And for number nine, I've got Nathan McKinnon, who has – I think he started off the season injured because he's at 85 points, but in only 56 games, which is really mm -hmm. impressive for him. And, uh, but yeah, that's my number nine. And for eight, I've got my second leaf. I've got Mitch Marner taking the, that spot. I just, the most of that, or the main thing from that would have to be his, his big point streak that he had earlier in the season, which was freaking crazy. He's one of the all-time, all-time leaders in points in a row. And, yeah, that was pretty cool to see even as a non-Leafs fan. And at number seven, I've got Cage Thompson. Um, obviously, he's been having an incredible year. He is fifth in scoring with 87 points. And out of nowhere, I had no idea he'd be this good. I don't think anyone knew he'd be this good. And, but yeah, at six, I've got the Russian, Mikita Kucherov. Obviously, he's having another great year three points away from 100 points. I, I could have put him higher, honestly, but there's some other – my top five I feel like is pretty – I've got it locked in there, but yeah, he's at number six. And number five, the Vesna Trophy winner. It's already decided. I've got uh, Allmark at five. Incredible year. Not much else to say about him other than he's incredible, insane. Uh, at four – I think, oh, you had him at three, but I've at four, I've got Dry Seidel. Obviously, another 100 point season for him, which is just routine for him at this point. Not much to say about him because he's just always incredible out there, as well as this next guy on the best team in the league this year. I've got Pasternak at third, which so we pretty much just swapped Dry and Pasta, which is <laughs> respectable. You could say either or. I could, I could go anyway with that one, but. Yeah, I've got past at three, having another great season. And our top two is the same. I've got two Carlson. You pretty much said it all about him. He's having an insane year. Obviously, he's the Norris Trophy winner. It's pretty much set in stone with that one. But he's taking that 
terrible Sharks team and putting up a crazy amount of points. And at number one, the greatest player in the world, best best player, you could say the best player of all time, maybe not, obviously Gretzky's the greatest of all time, but best player-wise, he could, he's the greatest of all time. But yeah, I got McDavid at number one, which is, should be all of our number ones. That's it. That's my list. Ooh, Bring on Jace. Pretty interesting. I don't have <laughs> the exact same list as either of you guys, but they're pretty similar. Um, I would like to say a few. I've I've wrote down a lot of honorable mentions. Um, I'd like to shout out two goalies that are probably they're, they're I would say they're the other top three goalies aside from Omar. Ottinger and Sorokin having really good years. Three other defensemen that are also having good years, Makar, Darlene, and Morrissey, not in the top 10, but again, having good years. And then guys that just um, probably would be in the top 20 to 25 for forwards, I would say Panarin, Kaprizov, Eugene Hopkins, Braden Point, um, Nylander, Rantanen, Crosby, Jack Hughes, Jason Robertson, and Mitch Marner. They just missed my top 10. But uh, for me, number 10, just like Alex, I have Elise Pedersen. Um, just having a great year, probably his best year of his career in Vancouver, even though they're not really near the playoffs. Number nine, Tage Thompson. Um, he's goal scoring machine this year. He's got 42 goals. He, he's sixth in the points with 87. And he, he's under 19 minutes time on ice for, for forwards, which is still a lot for a forward. But in terms of a superstar, it's actually the least amount um, out of any forward um, in the top. 15 of scoring so uh yeah he's making the most of his ice time there um number eight neither of you guys had this guy on your list but it's matthew kachuk for me he has he's fourth in scoring he has 31 goals and 60 assists he has 91 points on the year he has more points than Pasternak, thompson marner robertson pedersen mckinnon carlson nuge crosby Rantanen. like he's just having a crazy year on florida it's a little um kind of going under the radar i'd say um but number seven for me, David Pasternak. He's fifth in scoring, 90 points, 46 goals. Um, I would The reason I have him a little lower, because he is on Boston. They are the best team in the league. Um, so I get, and they're second in goals, four. So that I think that that's the reason he's seven. But still, he's having a career year. Still an amazing player. Um, and he's super filthy. I love watching Pasternak. Number six for me, uh, you guys might think is a little high. But I have Nathan McKinnon at number six. He has only played 56 games. Everyone else in the top, like the next guy in the top of scoring to even play that amount of games is there's no one. The top 50 of of scoring this year have all played more than 56 games. The top 50. And McKinnon is 10th in scoring. He has 85 points. He's third in points per game this year. He's 20 goals, 65 assists for 80. Uh, sorry, I was looking at uh, Carlson's stats. He has 29 goals, 56 assists for 85 points in 56 games. Unreal season from McKinnon. Number five, uh, same as one of you guys, is uh, Linus Olmark. Uh, again, he's going to win the Vesna easily. Um, his stats are just insane. Goals against average and save percentage, both just crushing the competition. Um, having a career year on the best team in the league, not much else to say. Number four, I had him lower than both you guys. It's Eric, Eric Carlson. Um, 
I still like he's still by far and away the best defenseman this year. It's not even close. 85 points, 20 goals, 65 assists. Um on a pretty bad Sharks team, like really bad. But uh yeah, he's he's like almost completely offensive. Um I just think the three guys ahead of him are just like I don't know. They're spoiler alert, they're the three top scorers in the league this year. Um number three for me, Nikita Kucherov. He's just like he's just a point machine. If you're not McDavid or Drysaitel, Kucherov's your guy for points. Like 27 goals, 70 assists on the year. Um, just again, have an insane year. Probably won't reach out 128 that he got a few years ago, but still, he's going to crack at least 110 points this year. And then number two, obviously, Leon Drysaitel. I I didn't want to put him at number two because I feel like that would be looked at as being biased, but after looking at the stats, I just – I don't know how I can't. He has four more points in Kucherov in two less games played. He has 44 goals, which normally he's hit 50 twice in his career. He might not even get it this season, 50 goals, and he's still going to finish second in points, which is well, pretty absurd. 57 assists. He's just a point machine. And for people that say that he gets all his points from McDavid, clearly do not watch the Oilers. They play – 90% of the time on different lines, they'll stack them together if they need a goal. But five and five, they play different lines. They obviously play in the power play together and people call them power play merchants. Like what are the Oilers supposed to do? They have two of the best players in the world on the same power play. Like what are they just not supposed to score goals Facts. when they're out there? Like they're, they're just so good. They score on the power play. That's like, I don't, I don't get that argument, but obviously number one, like you guys said, uh, Connor McDavid, hundred and twenty nine points as we're recording this in 68 games. That is just insanity. He might hit 150 genuinely be the sixth player in NHL history to do it. At least we can all agree on that. But uh, do you guys want to uh, debate it, um, our picks a little bit? Um, do you guys have anything to say about uh, each other's picks here? I Honestly. think I agree with your uh... – with McKinnon and Kachuk, I definitely should have had, like, I could have had McKinnon higher for sure, and I totally should have had Kachuk squeaking in the top ten or in comfortably in the top ten. I should say I, I should have had him at eight or nine, but yeah, I, yeah. What about you, Alex? I don't know. Our lists are actually pretty similar. I'm kind of, I'm kind of surprised, but um, <laughs> we more or less have all of the the same guys. So, um. I don't know. Um, hold on. I had one. Yeah. Okay. So, Jace, I got a question for you. Why is Carlson behind Kucherov and Drysaddle both? My question. I just feel like um, Kucherov and Drysaddle, they're just – if you were to pick a player to put on your team for this season – I would pick Drysidle and Kucherov to add to my team over Carlson for this season. Because clearly Carlson is on a bad team and he's not really getting them anywhere. Like, obviously, he doesn't really have much help. Drysidle and Kucherov had, have help with other guys, but I feel like Drysidle and Kucherov, if they're on the Sharks, the Sharks would be in a better spot right now than if you take Carlson off. That's a fair evaluation, I would say. That is a good point. Yeah, but still, Carlson, like, 
is having an insane year. Like, to, if he hits 100 points on team that bad, that's just – that's astounding. Um, but I did have mm-hmm. a couple points about both your guys's. You guys both put Nylander in your top 10. And obviously, he's having a career year. Like, he's over a point per game. He's the Leafs' second-highest scorer. But he's lower in scoring than guys like Point, Hughes, Rantman, Crosby, Nuge, and, like, McKinnon, Robertson. So I'm just curious as to why he made the top 10 over those other guys for you guys. Um. In my opinion, I think it's just because he hasn't really done this uh, any other time in his career, and it's helping out the Leafs so much in the absence of um, Matthew's production that he should have had this year, but obviously injuries happen and whatnot. Maybe it's a little bit – we hear it a lot more just because it's the Leafs media with Sportsnet and TSN and whatnot, but I just feel like Nylander is having such a remarkable season that he kind of deserves to be on that list, especially that high up. But Harrison, what about you? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Toronto Sportsnet, the Sports Network, the, the media mm-hmm. that's streamed to us here in Canada is just, it's always Toronto. So I feel like his name always pops up quite a bit. But yeah, that's, I had him at 10. He, I, I keep switching with like pretty much any of my honorable mentions, like either Robertson, Kachuk, or my last one was, but. Yeah, you get the point. He he's I just feel like he's having a great year compared to his last years where he was always frowned upon. Or not really frowned upon, but he was never really lived up to the hype that he should be producing. But yeah. I'll say one more counter argument to that. If he's in the top ten on a team with Marner Matthews, um, Tavares, all these guys then why is Nuge not in the top 10? Because he has more points and he's also having a career year. I was going to mention Nuge. If I had done my honorable mentions, Nuge was totally going to be in there just because he's having a dominant season as well. And it's uh, obviously there's a lot of points uh, that Nuge has collected throughout the season from the power play, but he's also been a force 5v5 playing on the defensive end of the puck and Nuge has just been that guy kind of this season. Um, so I totally agree with you, honestly. I do as well. That's definitely a point I didn't really think of. I had him in my, not necessarily in my top or my honorable mentions, but he was just outside the honorable mentions, the Nuge. Mm-hmm. Like he'd be like 14, 15. Yeah. That's Yeah. Honestly, at the point of recording this, Nuge has 83 points on the season. Uh, Sorry, 82. He's just lighting it up this year. This is by far his career best. Um, And he's just so well-rounded now that um, he really makes Edmonton a dangerous team, uh, especially going into the playoffs. And I think a lot of that came from the extended playoff playoff run last year and just shows how much he wants it because it's not even a career year for new jet. He's putting up these absurd numbers. Um, and you really haven't heard a lot of it all season. So that's definitely something that should be noted. Yeah. Like Nuge, he 
He's 12th in scoring. That's probably a little inflated, but again, he's still having a really good year. Like the Oilers power play has been number one the past couple of years, but Nuge is always on that power play, but he hasn't put up 83 or like 80 some points every year. Mm-hmm. He's doing it just this year. That clearly means he's playing really, really good this year. So people that just yeah. say, oh, he's just power play merchant. Like, yeah, he gets a lot on the power play, but like if he's a power play merchant, then how come he's not doing what he's doing this year every year before this? Why is it just this year? It's because he's having a career year and he's being a really freaking good player. Like mm-hmm. that's really all there is to it. I also want to mention guys like uh, Rantanen, Robertson, Braden Point, uh, Jack Hughes, Sidney Crosby. They're all either in the top 10 or just are in the top 15 of point scoring like Ranton has 45 goals Robertson is 39 Crosby has he's 13th in scoring Braden Point has 43 goals those guys I could see an argument for them but I just think the 10 guys that we chose are just having slightly better years than uh, than they are I went for my 10th pick it was really between Robertson and Pedersen I just I just felt Pedersen the, – the thing that did it for me was points per game. He has four less games played than Robertson, the same amount of points. So that's what ultimately decided it for me. But we're, uh, who is the tough debating that uh, you guys had on your list? Definitely that 10 spot with, yeah, Kachuk, Robertson, Pedersen. And always – Crosby's always sneaking in there with his – like quietly, he's got 83 points this year, which is – you don't really hear much of him anymore since he's starting mm-hmm. to get up there in age and McDavid's really taking the shine of the NHL, but he's always there. He, he could, he's, yeah. Like I said, he's just, he's that guy. Not still, but he's, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, no, I agree. Even going back to Nuge, like Nuge was kind of a, a tough choice to keep out, but I tried to keep as much Oilers bias as I could away from it, but <laughs> Um, another guy that I want to shout out or shout out real quick is uh, Tim Stutzla. He's having a crazy good season for the Ottawa Senators. He has 34 goals and 42 assists this season. Um, and he's just kind of lighting it up with, especially with the presence of Giroux now um, and to bring it. Uh, I just want to highlight him as well because he's having a fantastic year and hopefully many to come for the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's only 20 years old. It's only his third season. He's already got 76 points. So he's he's definitely going to, I would say, place a pretty safe bet on him just getting better from here on out. I agree. Going to be a scary Senators team in the future. Yeah, um, especially after acquiring Chikrin. So it looks like in our list, we all kind of agree on Olmark. He's top 10, kind of in the in the middle of the top 10. Obviously, McDavid at one. Um, yeah. Guys like Pedersen, Thompson, towards in the top 10 or either just outside at uh, kind of that 9 to 11 range. Um, yeah, our lists are, like you said, pretty similar. I don't. Do you guys 
have anything else to debate about or one guy we didn't touch on yet though is uh david pasternak i had him at seven alex had him at four and harrison had him at three Mm-hmm. He's just Obviously. having he's having one of those seasons too. Sorry. Um he has 46 goals, 44 assists, he has 90 points on the season. He's a plus 31 um for the Boston Bruins, and he's just having another one of those seasons that he tends to have every couple of years. Um the last time he put up these type of numbers was the 2019-2020 season, uh, where he put up 95 points in 70 games. So um Boston obviously locked him up earlier this year for the next eight years at a heavy 11.5 million dollar average I think that's what it was but um you always want to have a guy like Pasternak on your team so yeah yeah he's he's definitely living up to that contract for sure but I I don't know I had him at three I I could definitely see him being four five six like my list really isn't set in stone but i'm just really those like pop from like one to nine i feel like those should be in that range but other than that i'm really not set in stone with this list but Mm -hmm. fairly confident with it yeah i had him at four but i just i couldn't find reason to put him ahead of dry at three and i also couldn't find reason to put nylander or uh kucherov ahead of him so, I don't know. He just kind of stuck right at four. Like, that just kind of made sense mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, that's that's fair. I had him the lowest. I had him at seven. Um, like I said, um, he easily could be higher for me. Like, I'd put Olmark, his teammate, above him, but I could see they, they're both the two um, most important players on that team this year. But I could see Pasternak being a little higher. Yeah, just the reason I had him at seven is because, like I said, I feel like if he wasn't on the Bruins, he wouldn't be having as good of a year. But still, um, that's not his fault that he's on a really good team. Um, exactly. So he's still in the top ten. Like, there's can't really complain yeah. about it. Um, but I just felt the guys ahead of him just were a little more deserving. Like, obviously – Kucherov, Drasson, McDavid, all have more points. McKinnon has less points, but he only has five less points, and he's way higher points per game. And then Olmark, um, best goal in the league this year. So I just couldn't find an argument to put him ahead. He has less points than Kachuk, who I put I put him ahead of Kachuk. He does have less points than Kachuk, but he has um, more goals. He has 15 more goals than Kachuk. So that's the reason I had him ahead of him. Um. Yeah. Do you guys have anything else to uh to add about the uh the, our top ten lists? I think I'm pretty good, honestly. I agree. Not much left, but yeah, you could pretty I much said it all. Uh, I thought it was the segment was pretty fun. Um, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, think we should keep keep uh keep doing this. Keep having some friendly discussions amongst ourselves about uh list that we we create based on our own opinions for the future but other than that i think that's going to close out this podcast i think this is the longest one yet so if you managed to make it to the end um congratulations i know it was 
a little longer than we would have liked. But yeah, thank you, thank you guys for uh, tuning in. And we'll be back next week with another episode of the Blue Line Breakdown. So for the three of us here, um, we will catch you in the next one. Peace. See ya.